audio. We going all new hardware for everybody involved. Ryan's got a new mic. I have a new computer. Dan has a new computer. Uh, this is fucked up. Well, it's not because of old hardware. We've all invested in this podcast that invests nothing in us. <laughs> it brings us joy, laughter, and pain, and tears, and blood. Welcome to Beerfield, where eventually I'm going to have to add a uh, Ryan Miner graphic to our little intro logo. I am your host at Beerfield Hop, Chris Hopper. I didn't tell you to do <laughs> All right, apparently I don't have that right. I mentioned all new hardware, which means uh, all new everything. Oh, set up professional audio and audio settings. No, thanks, Zoom. I think we're good. I'm we got this. <laughs> we got this. I'm a professional as it is. The news drop just started playing, even though I told it, you know, not to at some point. I'm your host at Beerfield Hop, Chris Hopper, as always, joined by at Beerfield Thurry. Uh, and as normally here lately, joined by at Ryan Miner underscore FFB. That is correct. FFB. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. I'm Ron Burgundy. Yeah. Damn it, people! Look, you know he's gonna read whatever you put on the teleprompter. I haven't been reading your Twitter handle for five and a half years, and even then, I still can't get mine right. So we <laughs> changed them two years ago, and I still can't get it right. Dan, how are you? I'm good. You know, it was uh, it was an easy day, relaxing. We went and got old beds. I I am uh, excited to talk about the beer i brought on and um we get down old music festival this weekend and i get to go fuck off in missouri next week that I, get a to good give, time. I get to give my wife the much needed break she uh she deserves from me so fair and also get my own which is like the greatest in the world it's like hey we get to be at bar and she's like no and i'm like but it's a good thing it and we won't murder each other i don't know why this thing is auto playing is auto playing uh that's why it went immediately to the news drop it was it was the next thing on the playlist even though i told this thing don't <laughs> auto play the next thing on the playlist again new hardware ryan how are you oh, good i'm not far away like i was last Wednesday. week or the previous weeks before i feel like i'm i sound like i'm closer you do sound like you're closer uh ryan has new microphone the rest of us have new computer hardware <laughs> based on the Technical difficulties we had been experiencing, so plan stop. New and improved. Let's try that. Let's try plan stop. Let's see what that does. I don't remember what the exact setting is. Anyway, uh, at Beerfield on the Twitters, Beerfield Podcast on YouTube, presented by the FF Faceoff, FFFaceoff.com, for all sorts of amazing articles from all kinds of writers I can't keep up with because it seems like there's a million of them. I'm one of them. You are one of them. You're a consistent one, though. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of good stuff going on there, especially ramping up as we get ready for redraft season. On today's episode, uh, we're going to drink beer. What? We're going to... What? No, we don't ever do that. We're gonna talk crazy. football. What? We're going to look at... never do that. going to look crazy. at the training camp pup list. What? Let you know how you should feel about injuries. 
what? And then, uh, yeah, we're going to hit some other news, too. There's some late-breaking signings. Training camp's open this week, so late-breaking signings. A lot of people hitting the pub. It's just going to be a, a pretty much a news episode as we, we work through this and get you all set up for what's going on and then what you can expect over the next month. Um, we'll have redraft content. We're going to get into some sleepers. We're going to get into Ooh. some a mock draft since there's three of us here. We'll probably do one of those just to, to see how it goes. And these two won't know when it's coming. It's just going to be a surprise. I just, I'm just very excited to get the, you are mocking me drop to come back. Uh, you're that's mocking what... me, aren't you? Yeah, we can get sued by Disney. Yeah, uh, I'm all for we're it. Not, we're, we're, we're too small for them to give that much of a shit. <laughs> well, that's... they're petty bastards, but even, even we're below that. That's fair. Can I put a We're pushing 300 subscribers. We're getting up there. On YouTube, we got more than that on the podcast, I think. I think. I don't know. I'd have to read numbers. It's that long I'm not even sure I'm going to remember our login to actually upload this episode. No, I'm on a new computer. I also think I might have just accidentally exited out of the YouTube stream. So, hold on. You were on fire. Well, I hit a button on my mouse. Remember... Like for those that haven't ever switched technology, um, I'm just gonna hit go live and see where that's at. You said we're still live? Yeah, we're still yeah. live. Okay. For those that ever ever switched technology, it's a little bit of a chore and a little bit of trial and error to get it dialed into where the rest of your shit was. But it's a lot faster. I'm a lot happier. We're drinking beer. Uh by uh, now I'll save that for the beer preview. Let's go ahead and get into what's fueling beer field. What's fueling beer fueled? Dan, go ahead. What's fueling you today? I am drinking Revolution's Thunder Taker. The Thunder Taker? This is one of my favorite releases from their Deepwood series. This is their their barrel age series that they do throughout the year. This is the 2022 release of it. Undertaker is a rice like, salad aged in bourbon barrels. Whoa. No, ignore that. I'm not doing anything over here. What are you watching over there? You got some girl talking about bourbon. Nope. Ooh, la la. Anyways. Don't worry about naughty, stuff. Naughty you. Hey. Um, <laughs> just keep previewing your beer. Don't worry this about is, what I'm doing. Oh, man. There isn't. Just, so this is an Imperial Rice Salad Asian Bourbon Barrels. I believe the bourbon that was used, it's not on the can because you don't actually have to say what bourbon you use, even though you probably should. I believe is either Blanton's or Buffalo Trace. Maybe both. Here it is. What are you drinking? Thundertaker. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Ryan. <laughs> I'm drinking Hop Kushner IPA by Terrapin Beer Company out of Athens, Georgia. This comes in at 7.3%. It's got what is it, six hops. Simcoe, Amarillo, Cascade, Centennial, Warrior. Is it Chinook? Chinook. Chinook. Yeah, Chinook. It's been out for a while, actually. I didn't realize it came out like 2009, but it was down more in Georgia. I hope it hasn't until... been on the shelf for that long. No, 
I haven't seen it like, like the first time I saw it up here. No, it was born on uh, June 3rd of this year, so we're good. So pretty fresh, yeah. Yeah, when I saw it in the store, I was like, oh, I got to get that. Because every time I'm down like in Florida area, I'm always grabbing it. Got some place I ever see it. So, yeah. All right. Uh, all right. I got some news about my beer reviews. Things we weren't expecting on this episode. So I'm currently in a class um, for becoming a certified beer judge. For those of you that don't know, I just got to bullshit it on this show. I'm not really certified in anything yet. Um, but I'm taking classes to get certified. What that means is I'm going to get better at reviewing beers. I know, I know. You guys are thinking, you're already fucking great at reviewing beers, Hop. You don't need to get any better at this. Yeah, you're man. The best. You do a great job. You do a job. great job. You're, you're way better than Dan was for the first show. three years. But like you were, like you're the reason why Dan sucks at giving reviews for so long. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think that's why I'm here. So that way Dan feels better about his reviews. Uh, you're, that's absolutely are, right. My reviews are horrible. You're a model horrible. of success for Ryan. But <laughs> the fact of the matter... <laughs> I am feeling Ryan. I am what you become if you get proper you know, coaching and training. You know, when you change your drinking formation. I'm like, I'm like your Brian Dabble. Dude, I am so bad when it comes well, to drinking beer. Josh Allen's QB coaches. Like, I drink beer and I'm like, uh... I don't know what it really tastes. It just tastes kind of good. So the fact of the matter is that I need to get better at doing some intensity stuff. So from now until about November, you'll be getting more structured beer reviews from me that include intensity and covering appearance. What? What? Aroma. What? What? Taste. What? What? Mouthfeel. What? Overall impression. What? What? And an overall score on a scale of 50. Why? It's not for you guys. It's because I goddamn said so. It's not for you guys. It's for me. Because I have to. It's for me. And it's so I can get better at this stuff. That being said, I am drinking Southie Bitch Slap. <laughs> Southie Bitch Slap is an American red ale uh, from Pig Mines Brewing Company, which I'll is out of a Pig place Mines. called McChesney Park, Illinois, which I'm assuming is up by Chicago. How did you know it was big minds? Because everything they because their whole thing is bitch slap, or is it because so, so their most known beer is vanilla bitch slap? No, no I I I I knew when you said bitch slap what it was because it's they pretty much call all their beers gotcha. something with bitch slap in it. This is an unfiltered small batch uh, American red ale, which American red ale is not an official style. Irish red ales are American, <laughs> American red, red ale. <laughs> American red ale is not American ambers are. So, yeah. Well, uh, I learned something. What? That that's not an official BJCP style? That'll yeah. help you exactly nowhere. <laughs> but I'm you going to learn did. today. I'm glad that you did. All right. That being said. Oh, it, oh God. It's near Rockford. Oh, well, that's the I other could, side of Northern Illinois. It is. Uh, I've been close to there. I didn't realize it was. Oh, that's cool. I thought it'd be closer to Chicago. It's on the left north. It's on the northwest Chicago. Hmm. It's on your way to Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, also, I mean, it could be on your way there if you wanted to. Also, if you search red whale, it does not show up anything. There we go. <laughs> well, we are uh, we're all over the place today. I like it. We all get new shit, and then immensely we become better at our job. News or worse, or worse. 
That did not line up at all. If you're watching on YouTube, you're YouTube, the the Deerfield podcast. The all right, news. Uh, we are reading straight off Roto World today because they did not prep shit. Leonard Fournette is in great shape and could play right now. The season started Wednesday. He showed up training camp at 245 pounds after the report of being 260 pounds, 245 pounds, close to last season was playing weight. Much ado about nothing. Anything to add to that other than uh, y'all freaked out about nothing? I really wish you would have gave us just a couple more weeks. Give us a little bit of extra value that we could have suppressed in our trades to get them. Like, you know what's coming in the next couple weeks, though? Me. No. Wait for it. <laughs> what is coming in the next couple of weeks, Ryan? Best shape of his life. Best shape of his life. Season. That's actually true because the exact quote right now is, I feel like he's in great shape right now. Obviously, everybody can get in a little better shape. You don't want to come into camp in tip-top shape. You want to get into some better shape, playing shape, as you get into camp. So that's natural that he's gonna going to drop about four or five pounds, which is only natural. But... As far as running the ball and playing in games, he can play right now. Let's go. He played, he played at 245 for most of last season. So yeah. I would hope he can play right now. Yeah. So nothing there. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie, standout almost every single day since the start of Bill's camp. This is important because we are watching that Bill's slot wide receiver battle between McKenzie, Jamison Crowder, and Khalil Shakir. I, I won't take too much into it because they're not wearing pads yet. I won't either. I just, McKenzie was very good in limited duty last season. If you continue to see these reports, it's something to take note of. He generated more targets in the games that he was relevant than Gabe Davis. Yes, he did. <gasps> Small you sample about, size. And he's more about Gabe Davis. How dare you? I don't think he's better. I don't he think he's not be better worse. than Gabe Davis, but I think that they play different positions, and McKenzie's explosive if he can earn that slot position. And he also, I mean, he, he plays the old, you know, Cole Beasley slot. Josh Allen really, really likes having that, yeah, that underneath option. Loves the Beasel slot. Something he loves, he loves the underneath Beasel slot. Something to pay attention to. Athletics. Uh, Robert Mays reports the Rams coaches are in love with Allen Robinson, impressed with his first offseason with the team. My wide receiver too, and Scott Fishbowl. I'm not surprised. I like him a lot. I, I. Th- if he's going to succeed again, it's going to be at the Rams. Stafford has the power and the balls to fit the ball into a tight window, which is good for a guy like Robinson that doesn't separate. If he's going to be successful, it's the best opportunity for him to be successful. In. Yep. Prepping for <laughs> double-digit touchdown season. Nah. Eh. Ten touchdowns? I always have a hard time seven, trying to seven, project eight. anything more than like seven or eight seven touchdowns eight for any player. Right where I was. Because uh, it's trying to predict touchdowns is just a nightmare. Gina Smith worked with the first team offense on the opening day of training camp. It's a continuation of what we saw during the offseason program, despite being talked up by Coach Pete Carroll following the Russell Wilson trade. Drew Locke opened camp with the second team offense. So keep paying attention to that. I mean, he. I should have been Gino all along. He, he knows the offense. Yeah. And it's it's it's, it's day one of training camp. It's so his to lose and Drew Locke's gonna have to come take it. Yeah. Yep, exactly. 
in the Washington Commanders backfield, Antonio Gibson sitting out right now with a hamstring injury. Brian Robinson right now expected to handle short yardage work. But also, if the Gibson hamstring injury lingers through training camp, you probably see a lot more Robinson, and that D'Angelo Williams-Jonathan Stewart combo is going to become even more real. That bat feels so gross. <laughs> God. Well, at least we're on the right page with good takes. Uh, Deontay Johnson said at team drill, drills, DK Metcalf did not practice on Wednesday after foot surgery in the offseason. But they're speculating it's related to his contract situation, not the foot surgery. Yeah, it's him, Samuel. Yeah, it's and Metcalf. Metcalf, Johnson, and Samuel are among the top receivers. They're at training camp. They're just not practicing because of contract disputes. Which does that. So if they're at training camp, but not practicing, does that save them from any potential fines? I had to read the clause on that. Cause it seems like I thought like if you weren't there, you were fine. Like, but if you're there, there, but you're not practicing, I don't know what, what that is. Then. What if that's the loophole? Maybe. Like as long as you show up, that's all that matters. Yeah. Maybe it's more team oriented than the team's gonna have to do the actual the team has to do the discipline instead of the league. Yeah. Could be. Donovan Beeples Jones is uh already a favorite of Deshaun Watson's, which fine, Deshaun Watson isn't gonna start the season, so isn't it kind of sad that we're at this beginning of training camp and there's been again Zero resolution to the Deshaun Watson thing. Yeah, it feels like it's taking way too long. Like, like this should have been like your cap. Like, you can't go beyond the start of training camp. I mean, I, I'm all for fucking the Browns over as humanly possible, thinking they're going to get Watson and they pull the rug under them. But I mean, for fuck's sake, guys. Yeah, it, what, this decision to come down well before then, or put him on the exempt list until it's resolved, which they should have done last year, and. Like, I don't know. It's... The case has been over for what almost two weeks now. Yeah, or has it been three? Like, it's it's kind of it's like come on. Yeah, you got to do something, and within the first couple weeks of training camp, you can't let this get to week one without a resolution. Still, just bad. Darius Slayton working with the seventh second team offense, which I guess is. Ex- Expected given Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, and Kadarius Tony. It is first team is uh Tony Galladay and sure. Robinson. Shepard's yeah, on the pup list right now. He's not practicing. So right now is Wandell, uh Tony and Galladay. I think uh, Wandell's up there and Slayton is not a good sign for Slayton. Who the fuck's gonna play on the outside with Galladay? I mean, I guess you can have Tony. You know, be Barkley. your true flanker. That's where, yeah. that's where it's going to be. It's going to be Barkley. That's where like, Slayton yeah. should come into play. Do you know Barkley. how insane that would be if you if you constantly had your starting running back lined up outside? <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of running back to just, you know, beside the quarterback or right behind him. You're going to run that much. We're just gonna... He's jogging back to it. Just going to stack him out left. Uh, let's see. Galladay, Tony Shepard, Wondell Robinson, David Sills. 
No. God, I haven't heard that name in a minute. CJ Board? Colin Johnson. Colin Johnson? Yeah, Colin He's Johnson out there now. He's not still in Jacksonville. Nope. That dude was a big fucking guy. Put him outside. He went to Texas, didn't he? Wasn't he in Texas? Yeah. Yeah, then he went Why to Jacksonville. Dude's like 6'5". He got drafted in Jacksonville last year. Uh, yeah, Robert six, Foster is also there. They have some options for outside that are better they than do. Dale, So Maybe. Robert Foster lives on. He'll never die. <laughs> uh, Marquise Brown, hamstring injury. Uh, not expected to be out for long, but starting the season on the non-football injury list. I would assume he'll be. He's got... I think he'll be fine. I mean, you you don't want to miss too much times. The new offense is going to have to still learn and get you know comfortable with, but it's not. It doesn't sound like it's anything serious. So, yeah. KJ Wright retired after eleven seasons in the NFL. Great career for him. Mm-hmm. Mitch Trubisky, first team offense with the Steelers, started camp. Not surprising there. Nope. Shocking. Shocking. Said, said no, no one ever. Said no. Uh, Michael Gallup to the pup to start the season. In which he'll remain, I guess. Uh, he was torn ACL, right? He, yeah. He did tear an ACL. He's he's probably going to be on the pup for the first six weeks. Yeah. And what, what I don't understand is, like, uh, how is Chris Gondwood getting cleared to go start week one? It's the Cooper Cup situation. Because he recovered quickly. He recovered <laughs> For some reason, recovered quicker. Quicker than Michael Gallup, and not all the ACL tears are created the same. It was the best thing. They signed Julio and then immediately said that Godwin's cleared to practice. It's like, man. <laughs> like, I still think he's going to probably start off a little. So I, 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 I can't imagine he's a he's completely 100%. But Oh, heck no. Um, that well, bye window is going to be nice if he gets off to a slow start, though. Are we doing this again? We're not doing this again. Uh, are you sure you don't want to do yes. that? Yes. Because I will still. Chris Godwin it. tore his ACL like seven weeks uh, compared to to Cup. It was a massive week difference. It's still insane. And we it, it, we don't need to do this again. Are you because sure? Are I don't you, have to. But hey, are, you, are you sure hey. you don't want to? Let's relax. My microphone is the same as your guys' now. <laughs> yeah, but do you. Do you, where, should, where do you want to draft Chris Godwin? Should Dan and I rehash this? Where Where do you want to? Where are you drafting Chris Godwin? If he's playing Week One, Round Three. Okay, because I I I don't have any difference to you. I still want all the Chris Godwin. I still think he could get he could start off slow. Yeah, one player does not change and, the entire narrative of what we've seen. You're right. Throughout in history, starting off slow, so take him in Round Three. Because a slow start in the first couple weeks is fine versus, yeah, you know, yeah. That, that's still a two-round discount of where he would be if he's healthy. Well, I mean, I don't think he'll be a first-round pick. Okay, a one-round discount of where he'd be when he was yeah. healthy. He'd be a second-round pick But I think it's, sure. it's, it's still going to be a high-volume offense. And even if he starts slow, and even if you don't get him, try to trade for him. Especially if Julio has a strong game. With it, Antonio Brown did week one against Dallas last year. And then uh, assume they do pretty much nothing the rest of the season because reasons. You can go out and get Godwin if he starts off slow. Yep. Jacoby Brissett, starter if Deshaun Watson is suspended, confirmed by head coach Kevin Stefanski. And water is situation still up in the air. Thanks, it's Kevin. Not obvious. Josh Rosen. <laughs> I wish it was Josh Rosen. I don't, but it can't be much worse than Brissett. So. 
Miami didn't even want him. Debo Samuel. Well, Miami has two of them. They don't need him. Br- wait, Brissette or Rosen? <laughs> both. Both. Yeah. <laughs> Say yes. both. <laughs> yeah, one one yes. first half, one second half. <laughs> and then rotate the next game. Oh my god. Just Diva. let the just let the Browns be a dumpster fire that we all love to enjoy. I'm gonna enjoy it so much. Debo Samuel not practicing at the start of training camp. He is uh doing some conditioning drills off to the side of the practice field. It's usually reserved for injured players, but Samuel is almost certainly holding in is the angles for a new contract. So this has gotta be a new thing where players show up and just choose what they want to participate in if they're angling for a contract. It's kind of like the Watson thing last year, right? Where he chose where Houston basically let him be their third and fourth string. Yeah. Effectively. But they forced him like to join the team where they wouldn't let him actually not be active. I don't know. It was it's this this is still very new to me, so I feel like this keeps you know changing every time. I like this is the year that we're now they're finding loopholes to get around not having to be fined heavily. It's like just showing up to work and hanging out, and then going home after eight <laughs> hours. It's like knowing you can't be cut or fired. Yeah. So you're just like, yeah, we're good, man. I'm just gonna yeah. hang out. You have zero leverage right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some conditioning off to the side. I don't need to be, you know, doing things with you guys. It's like, it's like the NFL's version of office space. At Parks and Rec, the <laughs> was just—he's just Ron Swanson it right now. Ron Swanson. <laughs> uh, Browns reporting for eight-game suspension for Deshaun Watson, which I think is way too fucking low. Yeah, that's been the most recent number, right? I think eight yes. games. Yep. So basically, just still stay the hell away. Yep. <clears throat> Mike Florio reports that the Browns are bracing for an eight-game suspension for Jaron Watson <laughs> for the wrong line. Uh, Mike, you out to the puck. Mackay Becton, days at left tackle are over. George Fan expected to start there for the Jets. Edward Tolaire activated from the pup. Kadarius Tony not on the pup. Uh, Michael Thomas activated from the pup. So, a couple things to take away from there. Um, Alaire doesn't really change the fact that his job's in jeopardy. Tony activated for the pop. Look, Kadarius Tony to me is a guy that you should be drafting in the fifth or the sixth round. He was the most efficient wide receiver for the Giants last year. They're a team that's going to be playing from behind, and as long as he can be healthy, he's going to have some efficiency to his game. He's going to have some burst to his game. Dan, I know you're not the biggest Tony fan, but you know, for me, this is a guy that could easily jump into the wide receiver 2-3 conversation in that round five, round six. And be a very, very solid piece to your fantasy team, especially as your wide receiver three or wide receiver four. I mean, you're, I mean, it's, he, he gave us the one game last year, right? A lot of it last year was injuries and him being a head case. Yep. He's going to have the opportunity. He's got a better coaching staff. Underlying metrics are good. Yeah. It's, I mean, like he's not off scot free, but you're not, you, you don't have to spend up to get him. I mean, he was someone that, you know, you could have frequently looked at when you're trying to build, you know, through trades in the offseason and offseason in your dynasty leagues. I think everybody thought knew to an extent that he was going to be the team's, you know, the only receiver where you want to put any investment in. I mean, Kenny yeah. Galladay was always a fake alpha 
And yes, he was productive, but that was with Matthew Stafford. He doesn't have Matthew Stafford. Yes, the offense should be better, but he still has Daniel Jones throwing the football. He doesn't have Jimmy Garoppolo either after everything. Yeah, yeah. Out that <laughs> Apparently, he doesn't have Jimmy Garoppolo either. So, no, I, I, hey, I expect Tony to rise. Hopefully, he doesn't creep up in that fifth and sixth round. I think that's a little too much because this is still a big change to the team, but. He's gonna have he, he's gonna have some of those big games, and as long as he can keep his shit together and stay healthy, I think he's fine. I mean, I think he'll be fine. Yeah. Now I agree with that. He he's gonna have some bursts. I don't know that he's a week to week starter, which is why I put him in that wide receiver three range. But most reliable, the Giants receivers projected to be a bad team. He does have injury concern, but yeah, if that range, he's. Definitely worth the upside. Speaking of upside, Michael Thomas also activated from the pup list. So this has some impacts, depending on what you'd expect. Michael Thomas, former top three wide receiver in fantasy, no longer has Drew Brees. as Jameis Winston, his quarterback. Probably doesn't have Kamara. And is coming back in an area where he has Jarvis Landry, who's probably equally as good of a slot receiver and a route runner. And a rookie in Chris Olave. But suddenly the Saints, if they can figure out how to deploy Thomas Landry and Olave all at the same time, one, have a pretty formidable wide receiving core. But two, where do you, I mean, what do we do with Michael Thomas? Roto World says that he's a high end wide receiver, too. He's healthy and looking like he's going to start the season, which means you're going to break camp with three wide, with what the Giants had a couple years ago. You're really going to have two slot receivers and a field stretcher. Here's a guy that's going to, I mean, he hasn't played football in what, two years? Two years. He hasn't played yeah, all last year. A year and a half, right? easily. Like, so, I mean, you're going to have some of the, I think you'll have some, maybe some slight conditioning problems getting back up to game speed, playing in an actual game. Do you draft him low? Just, what's that? Do you draft him at a discount? If in two weeks we have this episode. I don't think he's going to be much draft. of, I mean, right now he's what? Between in that six to seven range, I mean, how much? How many? How much lower in round wise? Or I guess, like, where's the go? highest you want to take him? I, like within a range, like do you want to take him in the third round? Because no. he's he's got no he's he's got no timing built up with Jameis Winston. He's got a a completely different offensive scheme. I don't want to the Peyton. highest. I want to go with him as sixth. I because right yeah. now that's about the range he's going at. If I'm not mistaken, so. If he gets much higher than you're going at, like, there's still very high. There's still very high, you know, ceiling to him. And he's gonna probably play on the outside for as long as Travis Landry is on the field with him. You'll be, you're gonna, you know, get Michael Thomas probably running deeper routes and be used more than, than just that, you know, big slot guy during the so, final years of Drew Brees. Yeah, he's gonna be used more than Slant Boy. Yeah, <laughs> Slant <laughs> I mean. <boy. laughs> He may, uh, I mean, he may not be able to produce as much because of the way that he was used, you know, during that time. But he may get some big Michael Thomas games, and it's going to give us a little discount on Chris Olave, which I still like for redraft. So it's we're uh, hoping to get a good discount on Michael Thomas, as is. You're hoping that where you're getting him at, Ron you hope he still he... falls, but he's got the name yeah. cachet. He's healthy. There's been nothing but good news over the last couple of weeks which should hopefully continue. It's going to be tough to get him at any sort of discount. And then you're going to be, you know, competing with guys you want to reach. Mm-hmm. At least, you know, given 
where we, you know, where we kind of land with them. Now, Ryan, do you feel the same way? Do you not want to take him in the sixth or uh, do you not want to take, do you want to take him earlier than the sixth round? No, no, I don't, okay. I don't want to take him early in the sixth just cause you just, it's just too scary to like, know, like what Michael Thomas you're going to get. Are you going to get the Michael Thomas that Put up was the league, league winner, you know, a couple of yeah. years ago, or you're going to get the Michael Thomas who will come in and out of games constantly. And then next thing you know, he's out again. He doesn't have pop. Drew Brees. Well, he's one of the most accurate yeah. quarterbacks of all time. And, and that's James the hard Winston, part, right? Who's yeah. not? With those wide receivers around him, is he going to get 186 targets again? No, I don't think no, he will. I don't. And then you go back to 2018, okay, is he going to get 147? Man. You can look at target share, too. I mean, it, it depends. Like, how much do you think the Saints are going to throw? Do I think that Michael Thomas is still so, good enough for yeah, to command around 25%, which is, I think, where he, he was, should be projected? Uh, 28% really in 2020, 33% in 2019, 28% in 2018, and 28% in 2017. So he did... Because he hasn't really had a good number two since Brandon Cooks, right? He had Traquan Smith, yeah, who's not good, sadly. Yep. And that's and he had uh Terry Glenn. Is it Terry Glenn? God, I feel like that's wrong. No, it wasn't oh. Terry Glenn. Terry Glenn was like a long Yeah, that's old school. <laughs> Who the fuck <laughs> am I thinking of then? Uh, he has a super uh Ted Ginn. Yeah, Ted, Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn, yeah. During Ted Ginn. the Terry later Glenn. part of his career. <laughs> yep. And he had one of the best offensive minds being able to drop plays because he was a focal point of the offense. Sean Payton's a genius when getting his best players involved. And he had the most accurate quarterback of all time in Drew Brees. And they're throwing 600 and some odd times a game. Yeah. 600 and some odd times a year. And that's all pointing to Michael Thomas is going to fall off of what you expected Michael Thomas to be. I mean, even if he comes back at the same efficiency, he's not getting 145 targets. He's getting 120 at the, at the most. And he's not getting 28% target share. He's getting 23, 24 at the most with Landry and um, what's his nuts? Alave there. Chris Alave? Yeah. And potentially Kamara there too. He's not getting 28% target share. He's getting 24 at the most. And they're not throwing 650 times. They're throwing high fives at the most. At the best. Yeah. You know, are you going to see Jameis Winston as a game manager? Or are you going to see Jameis Winston as a slinger too? That's too. I mean, well, even that's it too. Are they going to try to become more balanced and try to be more of the runner? You know, that more run focus in those neutral game scripts. And and are you going to see you know Jameis you know being between the the twenty and thirty passing you know attempts per game and and. I don't know, I don't say twenty. That's pretty low. And that's why I don't want Michael Thomas any higher than the sixth round because. Of everything that works against him. The upside is definitely the hair. He is a guy that if you get him in between round six and round eight that could perform his dra- outperform his draft capital. But there's absolutely no guarantee at that. So you can't take him so high that you're missing out on something that is a guaranteed thing, absent freak injury. Yeah. For something that is coming back after a year and a half, two years, but in a completely different situation. I mean, we can all confidently say you can't project Michael Com is super confidently high, like he was, you know, pre all this problems because he had. I mean, his issue started even before Breeze and Paint left. So it's. Yeah. I'm very intri- I'm very interested to know how people project him. I just want to see wh- how, like, what the what the what the differences is. I, I'm I don't know what's right and wrong outside of. I'm, I I wouldn't project him for a lot of volume. 
actually looking at it right now, I'm kind of nervous about him because looking at Winston's numbers last year, based on amount of attempts he was doing, he was averaging like less than 25 passes. Well, they made him super game manager. Like they, Sean Payton basically neutered Winston, but he also felt confidence, but he also didn't have receivers. True, and you put. I think that would have been the case in the first place. So I think they would have still ran I think, the same offense. I think the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? You have to trust your receivers, and you have to trust Jameis. And they're not going to fully trust Jameis. But if you put good receivers around him that can separate, then you can trust Jameis a little bit more to hit those receivers. And Landry and Thomas can absolutely do that. They're good route runners. They can absolutely separate. Um and we well, a good route project Alave to be a lot of the same, which is kind of why I'm like a little befuddled by this wide receiver core because I don't know how it's gonna end shape because you got three guys that I think are a lot of the same. Alave is more athletic, so I think he'll play outside, but the other two are both high. I see no guys. way that there's no way that there's no way that Landry's playing outside. I Landry's just, not it, playing outside either. It'll be no. Thomas at six three because it, it but, should be Thomas and Alave to play outside. But, yeah, and you look at that, then you've got three guys that should command target volume that should be good, but Winston still isn't going to be allowed to sling it 630, 640 times a game and completely go right far if they're going to have to game manage him a little bit. So that takes target volume away. And I think that the truth is somewhere in the middle there of, you know, they're going to keep the reins on Jameis, but you're going to loosen a little bit because you have more trust in your wide receivers. So what were we thinking, like 30 attempts a game by Winston? Tops? Yeah, 30 to 35, depending on game script. Yes. Right, so we'll just say 32. They probably would want them. I think based on what I think what I think they'll want, it's probably closer to um really close to that 30. Like they, I think they want to be more run. Like well, I think run, they want to be, focus. but if Kamara comes out of the gate with a suspension, are you going to be? Well, that's what I'm saying. I, what happens and what they want, we know can be completely different, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, based on how the games end up happening and everything else. So I think 32 is about the tops that you can project on an average. Yeah, so looking at that, we're looking at about like 130 targets just for Michael Thomas himself. Which 20 off of... So if he goes thirty, what target? So, what target rate is that though for Michael Thomas? Twenty. Did I do twenty-three? No, that should be more than that. And because if they go thirty times a game, that's five hundred and ten passing attempts at twenty-five percent target share, which is where I think I, I would confidently put him at. That's one hundred and twenty-eight targets. I put him at one hundred thirty-six targets. I got. I did over seventeen games. I got five forty-four. Yeah, that's what I got for pass attempts is 32 pass attempts times 17 games is 544. You did. So I did 24. I got. I did 24%. I did 25%, which is 136 targets. Yeah. Okay, so 130, 136 targets. So he's probably probably going to be about 128 to 135. This is a ceiling, so he's going to be about 11 to 1,200 yards and six touchdowns, which puts him in the Keenan Allen range. Um, maybe a little lower, but same tier. So wide receiver too. That's a, probably a yeah. back end too. Back end, or, so, no, it's probably a high end too. Like so, like I mean, how World six touchdowns. He won't get the like. You're gonna get guys are gonna get bumped up because of touchdowns. So yeah. NBC Sports Edge so. has him at his peak right now, being listed as a high end wide receiver too. 
I think that's probably right. Yeah, I think he has a chance to be a one, but I think that's that's I a lot of hopefulness in a team that we don't really know what they're going to be. And you don't know, right? Because right? there's the other thing is that if you move Thomas outside, he's not highly athletic. He's average athletic. If you move him outside and give Landry the slot targets, then you know we don't know if the slot targets are going to be a fucking thing either. Again, we no, don't. You don't. This whole this whole offense is different. One big question mark. So, yeah, and uh, I, again, I would much rather. Why you take Thomas as your wide receiver three because he's an upside wide receiver three and yeah, I'd be comfortable doing that. You roll with that because he's an you can upside. go wide receiver heavy, make him your four or five, and really just clamp him. You're going yeah. here RB zero RB two, and you can do some some things with wide receiver and pair like a three that is Michael Thomas and Allen Robinson with two guys ahead of him if you get creative enough. It's entirely possible with where those guys are being drafted to be able to do something like that and. You know, bet on two big name bounce backs. Because Robinson's going in round five, right? Yeah. Yeah. So round five, him, and then Michael Thomas in round six. Yeah. And I can see it. You could absolutely still get two running backs, and in single quarterback, especially, you can absolutely still get, still get two running backs and two other wide receivers ahead of them before you do that. Yeah. So. I mean, strategizing, right? You get these four wide receiver ones that have different situations. You can still play those odds. Yeah, right now, Fancy Calc has Thomas at five, five hundred five wide receiver twenty. Robinson's a round later at wide receiver twenty seven. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. either way, you get around five, round six, and you're, you know, three and four, and something's gonna hit. And that's not a strategy I hate, but to you know, former top. And I expect that to change too. Yeah. Like with the news about Thomas, because he's going in the range where where Godwin is, where Hopkins is. So he's going in the range where the injury slash suspended guys are going, the high end guys, which well, we expect Thomas and Godwin to both move up after and th- this positive news about We him. will keep an eye on that. We're going to keep a close eye on ADP throughout the month of August, particularly yeah. weeks two and four. So stay tuned. Cliff Kingsbury, not concerned about Kyler Murray's study habits. This is after uh, Ian Rappaport tweeted a clause where Kyler Murray has to do four hours of film study a week for his contract. (laughs) Um, This is apparently a owner Michael Bidwell clause, not so much a a Cliff or a GM Steve Kime clause who had no concerns about Kyler's film study habits at all. It sounds like they didn't push for this, and... You know, it's not an indictment on Kyler. It's something Bidwell wanted because owners are meddling in contract discussions, I guess. This is why I really wish Rappaport didn't say nothing about this. Like this, like I feel like this is obviously looks like a bigger deal than what it probably will be. But it's just enough of a a thing to put out that's going to now cause problems that, that, that could cause friction between Murray and, you know, and the Cardinals. You know, for every game that Murray does poorly in, they're going to blame him for not studying too much. And like all this <laughs> shit, like it was the most unneeded tweets. Like I fucking hate that it was put out there because now it's it gives people a reason to shit on Murray. And, and it could cause a friction between two teams where it should have never been put out. And, and fuck the owner for also putting it in there. Well, between him and Adam Schefter, man, they're always trying to be like the first to like break every single news possible. So... It's more of their fault than it is the actual owner's fault because if, if they didn't well, put I mean, it out it's there, we would never known it. Yeah, if the owner didn't put it in there, there would be no fucking news to 
you know, to report about it. And it's just, it's dumb. But if it does become something, now it's going to be the most talked about point for Murray. Mm-hmm. If yeah, he struggles, the game? And, which he has struggled, you know, throughout the game his because he didn't study enough film. Yeah, it's <laughs> dumb. Uh, Tigers GM Brian Gutten curse said Christian Watson will miss a little bit of time during training camp. He had an issue they saw in OTAs that decided to address now. Week one status does not seem in, tra- in question, but. I do agree. This is a bad look for a wide receiver on a team whose uh, quarterback traditionally does not trust rookie wide receivers or young wide receivers. It's a setback for Watson, to say the least. Yeah. Hopper, Brian wants to know what you're drinking. What am I drinking? I am drinking a uh, Southie Bitch Slap. So that's a, an American red ale. Uh, it's got a really fucking pretty color. So. It's got pretty it damn. Looks, it looks delicious. It's pretty damn good too. If you hang out for another, I don't know what midway point is. Probably after this page, so hang out for another five minutes. I'll give you the full review. Um, Giants activated Daniel Bellinger off the pup list. Uh, Giants tight end position is wide open right now. If you're looking for later on tight end, so pay attention to that throughout training camp. Uh, Packer is not looking to add a veteran wide receiver. So look. The Christian Watson news, the not at looking at a veteran wide receiver news, all that should do is push Alan Lazard firmly into wide receiver three status for you. Dad, and they feel confident about Sammy Watkins. So. Yeah, well, he's on the public list already. Nobody's uh, ever felt confident about Sammy Watkins. So again, <laughs> I all couldn't that get through do this. I tried to get through it. Push so, Alan Sammy Watkins is in midseason form. All that should do is push Alan Lazard up into. This just means we're going to see a lot of 12 personnel, man. It ain't going to be, there's only going to be one receiver out there. Who they get, who they get a robot 12 personnel? Tunyon's they, still hurt too. I don't, they're, they're just going to fuck it fine. They're going to run fucking wishbone every goddamn play. It's going to be Don, <laughs> it's going to be Dylan and Jones out there. That's, that'd be awesome. With, uh, I'd be down for that. With Rodgers and maybe like Jordan Love in the backfield. That's like, <laughs> they're going to try to get Jordan Love involved playing fucking fullback or something. Robert Dunning and Mercedes Lewis oh is Josiah DeGora. I mean, come on. You I mean, still got, got Randall make... Cobb? They got Cobb. All Cab. that, that Cobb disrespect. Bakhtiari still no timetable on his return. That's kind of scary. I cannot wait for Detroit to beat <sighs> out Green Bay. In rec- Ryan, it's going uh, I mean, to I mean, happen, buddy. I can't wait to have, for it to happen either. So I can like just tear DJ apart. It's, I, it's think they have the greatest quarterback in the world. Where Green Bay is struggling to beat out Chicago for the bottom <laughs> for last team place. for the for last <laughs> place. Detroit goes like nine and eight, barely makes the playoffs. Ryan's like, "Fuck." Dan was I'm right. Cr- I'm crying because we're in the playoffs. I didn't want to be got, in the playoffs. And you, and you got Green Bay goes like seven and ten, <laughs> and then Rodgers retires, oh. which is. What I'm bag so when you said Brian wanted to know what my beer was, I didn't realize that was my boss. That, no, he also I don't know who the fuck it was. Texted me and said, I'm watching you on a podcast. Ain't you busy? <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to the guy that like pays my paychecks, I guess. We have a lot of friends I like to jump in. Last week, the kid that kept talking to us is one of my oldest friends. We had somebody talking to us last year. Yeah, week. I just most times if it's something that needs to actually be discussed on there, I'll just handle it. I totally. Well, but he asked with. specifically what you were drinking, so I figured out you know. Totally. Well, one of the guys I worked with said I popped up on his YouTube. 
with you guys as beer plays like are you on a podcast i'm like maybe <laughs> right right still in promotion right still in, he's still in probation period right now we're, yeah. we're so we're so thinking about it ryan i don't have an avatar yet so i can't really say if i'm in That's or true. I'm out. you know if i didn't have to work so goddamn much i would uh totally photoshop you an avatar that went on the intro logo but you know priorities okay baby steps baby steps it's all right. You get announced at least with the proper Twitter handle, which is more than I can say for Dan and I on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> on a regular basis. Even if yeah. I have to question it. <laughs> Travis Kelsey, restructured contract. Zamir White, uh, mystery straight practices, which you shouldn't be concerned about because it's the second coming of Sony Michelle and he's not a threat to Josh Jacobs. He's worse Sony Michelle. He is worse Sony Michelle. He's he worse Sony Michelle. He'll be starting there next year. Nobody will be. He'll be off that team next year. It's going to be fucking Kenyon Drake. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's It'll be Zeus. It'll be Zeus playing third strain to the guy. Adrian, it's going to be wasted running back coming back. They're going to go out there and back. sign Saquon Barkley when he's off the Giants next year. Pull Marshawn Lynch out of retirement. <laughs> Again. Again. <laughs> Beer review. All right, Daniel. All right, again, I am drinking Thundertaker. I'm just, I'm, I'm just expecting you to drop something because, uh, damn it, I closed out of the YouTube channel. So. Oh, <laughs> fail. Anyways, <laughs> this is their uh, Imperial Rye Salad aged bourbon barrels. This is what most bourbon barrels are going to be like. So you're going to get your nice dark dark rich malt color chocolate can't see through uh goodness uh boozy i think it clocks in at like 13 a 14 percent after i just realized this is a collaboration with benny sue which should not be shocked but um you're gonna get rich rich milk and dark chocolate um you're gonna get hints of the dark fruit in there uh you're gonna get that thick rich body to it as well not one that you can slam like the beers that my co-hosts have had on over the past couple of weeks. And um yeah, I'm already starting to feel the effects. It's uh it doesn't take much, you know, to start feeling the effects of of, of drinking a 14 plus percent beer. Did you just say I slammed a natty daddy? Because I didn't. I couldn't slam it. Well, you drank and you drank. I, I, I try. I attempted to drink it. I couldn't slam it. That's fair. You're right. You did try to drink a Natty Daddy. It just didn't work. No. <laughs> I, I tried to be cool. It didn't work out. Here I am. What are you drinking now? What do you got? What am I drinking now? Yeah. Reveal. I'm drinking a Go before Michelob me. Ultra. Michelob Ultra comes in at... <laughs> Jesus. No, we know you're not <laughs> drinking that. I'm drinking a Hopsecutioner IPA out of Terrapin beer or ter- by Terrapin. Out of Athens, Georgia, comes at seven point three percent. Tastes a little earthy, a little piney. Kind of has a little bit of a grapefruit taste afterwards. It's like a typical IPA. All right, am I getting, am I getting better, Dan? 
You're just throwing better. buzzwords, man. You don't got to be smart. You That's just got to some... throw in the buzzwords that people like to hear. Earthy, piney, and tastes like grapefruit. That's pretty much. That's an IPA right there. That's, yeah, right there. That's a very basic. It's good. All right. I'm drinking a Irish, an American red ale, which I'm assuming <laughs> is basically an Irish red ale brewed in America. Um, so for this one, it's supposed to be a medium amber to medium reddish copper color. Clear, low off-white tan-colored head, average persistence. I would say it has average persistence. Actually, if I swirl it, still get a little bit ahead. Color-wise, it's got really good clarity to it. It is definitely a deep, rich uh, copper to red color on that. Um, malt aroma. It's kind of got, a, I would call it a moderate hoppy, toffee, caramel malt aroma. does have some hoppy notes to it. Definitely check in is more earthy than anything. Overall in the palate, I get a, a low amount of caramel uh, with a low to moderate amount of bitterness on the back end. Definitely does have some alt support to help out with that bitterness back there. Finishes medium, a little bit dry, definitely a little bit bitter. Uh, overall, very good impression of what I would expect a, a red ale to be. It's got a malty backbone, has some breadiness, some caramel notes, some toastiness to it, held up by a bitter hot backbone, and the color is absolutely pretty. You can't really tell on camera. Maybe you can. So hold that up stupid close to YouTube so that you can see the red color on it, but that is a very pretty red kind of copper amber color. So for you, for beer school, like how would you rate it for that? If I were to rate this one, just going really quick, normally I did 15 minutes to do it. I'm trying to do this in about three. Um, I would probably put this in the high 30s, like the 38 to 39 category. And the rule is if you rate it under 42, you have to kind of say what you could do better. Um, for this one, I would say that just if it were going to be scored as an Irish, that the malt backbone could hold up a little bit more. Um, it's a little hot dominated, especially on the finish. So I would just say that it could have a little bit more of like a, of a toasted and kind of caramel uh, malt note to it to hold up against that hot bitterness. So that'd be, that's the why it's only called thing. American ale. Probably. Hot <laughs> it's hot forward red ale. And that could be the American part of it. It's a very clean fermentation. There are no fruity esters or any noticeable fruit notes to it. So it's all malt and hops. I just think that the uh, the balance is a little bit off towards the hop side of it. You should have a little bit more malt to hold that up. So Very good. That was very good. Ryan, did you take notes? Because we expect you to be at that level. Someday I'll be at that in level. In like two months. I'm just wow. kidding. I'm not even there. I won't be there. Uh, hopefully, I mean, in five, maybe. Hopefully I could in be there. If five I months to. I'll be certified at that level. Yeah. I'll have you do my beer review. I'll have you do my beer reviews for me. Without drinking them. So I was gonna drink, and it may still come on next year. Uh a Montucky. I love Montucky, man. So does uh Dustin Paris, who's one of my favorite bourbon reps. Um, but the I've had it on the show before. The tag on Montucky Cold Snap basically says uh drink smoother than a Paps Blue Ribbon. It's and so I felt like that'd be a good transition from the fact that I drank PBR last week. <laughs> Montucky, it's like six dollars for uh for six 16 ounce cans or some some shit like that yeah 
Montucky, Montucky cold snap. It's so good. Expect that on at some point. Again. Uh, athletics Joe Biscaglia reports it's pretty clear the Bills want to see what they, James Cook can do in open spaces of pass, pass catcher, and I agree with that. I think Zach Moss is out in the Bills' backfield. I think Devin Singletary is still going to get some run and going to get some value. Is at least an RB3 level, but I do think James Cook is going to get the chance is a third down back, um, a chance as a pass catcher, which does cut into some of Singletary's value, and a chance to show that he can be the guy as a runner, too. I think that James Cook's going to get the chance to be LaShawn McCoy. So I will say this. It's been very consistent this entire offseason that they want to get James Cook involved in the passing game. It's been nothing re- all the all the reports are very consistent. It's yeah. wanting to get him, you know, more comfortable running routes. They want to use him as as much as possible as a pass catcher. If he is a better pass protector, which is what I think is going to be the is going to be the the thing that that truly propels him above Singletary on third downs to see if he's a better pass protector, which I don't think Singletary is very good at. So shouldn't it be no. too difficult. You know, cook it on third down a lot on a high powered offense. I mean, he, he won't need to become, he could be the next Austin Eckler. He could be, uh, you know, a slightly less used Alvin Kamara or guy, a guy who doesn't need to get, you know, a bell call workhorse volume to be fantasy relevant. And that's if this Buffalo offense decides to incorporate James Cook as, as much as they can and into those same ways as the Chargers use, you know, Eckler and S is Saints use Camara, but I, I just like that they're very consistent with how they want to use Cook. And I think that's a good sign to where this isn't just coach speak. This is we could be seeing James Cook out there a lot running routes early and often, you know, in his rookie season. And if he is a better pass protector, he could be out there a shit ton and then eventually overtake a Singletary for those, you know, first and second down work. Yeah. Best case scenario for your James Cook truthers. <laughs> that's the best. That's the most positive I've talked about yeah. on this show ever. Well, you're not wrong, and I think that Singletary is a safe bet to open the season. But there's a real chance that James Cook can just take that over. Yeah, like I said, I think it all hinges on him. I think it all hinges on pass protection. To be to be to be blunt and honest, because it's not like Singletary is big either. He's you know no. five nine two oh eight. He's not built but to handle heavy work. They're both the either. same size, but he's experienced and yeah, that's he knows it, the offense. He's been he's been productive. What it comes down to is he knows the offense and he's been productive. And James Cook's gonna get every shot to be productive. And you know you always bet on the guy that's getting to be productive with the pedigree, kind of over the guy that's embedded in that. But you know, I will say this. He's a perfect candidate to go out and get this year. You're going to have no Devin Singletary last year. He'll be a free agent. So a lot of good can come from this. Ken. KJ Hamler to the active pup list. Uh, Logan Thomas to the pup list for training camp. So just a couple things there. Uh, Don't overreact to the pup list either because look how many players went on the pup list. Look how many of them already came off. It's training camp, so and we are working backwards on the news, so we're on yesterday now. Uh, Jameis Winston, ACL, participating in team drills is starting training camp. Not a surprise after watching his offseason workout videos. Dude was absolutely <laughs> killing it. Murder. 
Fournette it. down to two forty-five. We talked about that already. Sammy Watkins uh, undiscloses on the NFI list. Not great, Bob. According to whoever Bob is, it's uh, pretty standard with Sammy Watkins <laughs> at this point. Modern he's in midseason. I like to call him midseason form mid-season already. Midseason form, yes. Uh, Alaire was on the active pop list, but no reason no, for that. Off. He came off. The, yeah, tonight he came he's off. off. Uh, Seahawks officially signed Kenneth Walker. Chris Carson officially retired, by the way. So, first off, lamenting Chris Carson for a little bit. Yeah. Great player. Uh, late round pick. Absolutely plugged in as a workhorse, a stalwart, somebody that that you could rely on, particularly as a mid-round fantasy pick to consistently outproduce his draft production. Uh, neck injury effectively into his career. It's always sad to see that, but... You know, Chris Carson's a guy that for later on draft put, put together a really, really good career. And now the Rams are going to go to Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker. And Rashad Penny, not exactly a model of health. Uh, this, All my chips are in on Kenneth Walker. Dan, I know you've been a little bit more uh, reserved I, on him. but Dynasty, yes. I want nothing to do with his backfield and redraft. Yeah. I think it's going to be a fucking headache. And with how much running backs get hurt in general, it's just... I think Kenneth Walker has RB2 upside, so... I mean, we'll see what he jumps up to, but from what I saw, he was going, you know, between round four and round six. And I think he can easily outperform that given the amount that Seattle runs the football. And round also, four, round if he can six show, for that's fucked out. So Penny's round six, Walker's round eight. I still wouldn't take either of them before round 10. I don't uh, want to invest I'm, in this backfield at all. I'm okay investing in this backfield, really. Yeah. They're going to run yep. the football, they're going to have a lot of volume. Um, touchdown upside might not be there, but it's really going to come down to who's going to catch passes. And Walker didn't do a lot of it, but he looked comfortable doing it. And I think there is value in this backfield. And I think you do need to take a dart throw on whoever you believe in. For me, that's Kenneth Walker. But I think to ride off this backfield entirely is an absolute mistake, given how much Seattle wants to run the football on a normal basis. And given how much they're going to be involved in, the receiving game. See, this team, you know, I've talked about it a bunch this year, a bunch this offseason, one of the worst offenses in the NFL. On paper, everyone projects, if Vegas projects them at five and a half wins, now we're, in theory, they may want to try to run the football a bunch until they're down two scores in the second half and then have to abandon the run. We don't know who's going to catch pass this year. We don't absolutely don't know. We don't know when Rashad Penny gets hurt. Maybe Kenneth Walker gets hurt. That's the running back injury, right? I feel like half the running backs get hurt. Walker's out for a few games as a rookie falls behind. All of a sudden, we got to worry about DJ fucking Dallas and Travis Homer or whoever else is in that backfield (laughs) on top of potentially Penny, who will at probably some point get banged up and miss time. We don't know. We don't know who the quarterback is. And we don't know what the efficiency of it is. It's it's good that they invested in the offensive line. And I don't dislike Walker. Again, this is really nothing to do with Walker outside of the fact that he is also slightly undersized. He's more, for me, he's always been more of an investment in Dynasty beyond this year. And that's why I didn't want to pay the premium to draft him in rookie drafts. <clears throat> Thankfully, that's fallen by the wayside a little bit. But redraft is just, again, 
I'm not betting on this offense really at all. I think Tyler Lockett is probably the most reasonably priced, and all Metcalf right. is falling behind that now too. Like let me put it this way: receivers. Walker's going in the eighth round, right? Yeah, we're gonna do a little yeah. exercise here. Okay, Walker's going in the eighth round. If I told you you could get the RB twenty-two in the eighth round, are you on board with that? The RB twenty-two. All other things considered, if I say you can get a back-end RB two in the eighth round, are you on board with that? Is it points per game or is it total points? Total points. If I go, I'm sort of sorting points per game right now, which is not as okay. Easy, but one, two, three. Because it's also Six, it's seven, also eight, put in fourth upside. Nine, so if ten, this running back was on an offense that had reasonably 18, more upside 20, than Seattle does 20, this year, 20, 20, 20, okay. Nope, we're good. Uh, Let's go, even if I said RB23, let's say I told you you can get a top four or top two running back, or sorry, an RB2 in the eighth round. Are you for it? Yes. On a points per game basis. I mean, yeah, if it happens that way. I, right. think, I think reasonably so, if you want that. So last year, around that break for RB2, just going to give you guys around it because I don't want to count again. This is pretty much 23 24. Yeah, Daryl Henderson, Kareem Hunt, Rashad Penny, Duke Johnson, Melvin Gordon, James Robinson, who ended up hurt, and Chris Carson, who ended up hurt. It's not that hard to be an RB2 on a points-per-game basis. So then with that argument, then, is, and if is, you, then you want to go for upside more so than you want to go for floor. Which It's not hard. If you just got to stay healthy, then it, why are you aiming for a low a low upside offense. You're just going to stay healthy, but I mean, are you going to aim? So let's say, all right, I'm starting by overall points now. Are you going to aim for Kenneth Walker or Daryl Williams? Last year. If I wanted Daryl Williams, who's he with now? Atlanta, right? He was with Kansas City last year as the RB3. Okay. He finished as the RB22. Are you going to aim for Kenneth Walker or Devin Singletary last year? You got to put yourself in last year's mindset for this. Okay, I get you now. I get you now. Are I you mean, gonna... I wouldn't have been taken. At least Devin Singletary was playing on a top five offense. Right. Yeah, so there I is potential. But you're not taking the RB3 and Darrell Williams. You're not taking, let's see, some of these other guys down in this range are Sonny Michelle, Michael Carter, Tony Pollard, Daryl Henderson, Miles Gaskin. I, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that Kenneth Walker has an RB2 finish in him. And if you can take him, even if you're not draft, like, look, even if you're saying the upside of Kenneth Walker is RB2 and you're drafting him in the eighth round, you are exceeding that draft capital. I guess more so is, is that why are we, there's no need. Fine. If you want to take him in the eighth round, I, I will not. He's your RB4 will, at that point. Yeah. At that point, if you want to go that route, fine. At that point, I'm probably looking at receiver. I think that was a thing we talked about it when we went through ADPs a few weeks ago. The wide receivers in the eighth round were so very good. Because you know I'm going to do it. I'm going to go through that again too. Well, I want you to. That's <laughs> that's also that's all. It's also good conversation because it's you're not necessarily looking at a one for one running back. You know, per running back, you're also looking at roster constructors because you got wide receivers in their range. You got. I, I probably won't go tight end because you're in that weird tight end spot. But like, you know, even quarterbacks are in play there and you know in single QB leagues. All right. So ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Walker is the eight oh six. 
ahead of him, you have. We'll go with a few. We'll go with how many positions do we want to go ahead of him? This is single quarterback, half PPR. All right. Ahead of him, you have. We'll go half round ahead, half round behind, okay? Or full okay. round ahead, full round behind. Ahead of him, you have Devonta Smith, James Robinson, Bobby Trees, okay. Dak, Dawson Knox, Gabe Davis, Chase Edmonds, Elijah Moore, Tom Brady, and then Kenneth Walker. Robinson kind of got coming off the AT- ACL behind ETN. That's the one where I'm like, I, yeah, I wouldn't go Robinson there. It's going to have the Achilles injury, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Achilles. It's yeah. Achilles. No, he's supposed to be back. Edmonds he's, there with Mostert in a split backfield. Okay, yeah. Behind him, um, you have immediately behind him, you have from wide receivers, you have Cordero Patterson, Amon Ross St. Brown, Juju Smith, Juju Rashad Bateman. I like that stack. But for running backs, if you're running back needy in this place, you have Michael Carter. Alex Madison, Ramondre Stevenson, who I expect to rise up because he's practicing with the ones, and yep. Ronald Jones. So, so that point then, right? Maybe, you know, depending on how your team's constructed, we don't try to try. It's wide receiver in that range, and you wait a few more rounds, and you can start taking your dart throws. Your Rashad Whites, right? The running backs, where it may not be clear, and they may not produce this year, but and, they have significant. More we'll, probably significant, more upside, and we'll see how this lands. If they right? start, because around below them, you got James. Absolutely, Cook, I like that. Raheem Mostert, like that. Marlon Mack, Naeem Hines, Chris Carson's there. That'll fall off, but yeah, yeah. you know, I, I just Damian Pierce, like you know Tyler Algier, like you, yeah. You start aiming mm. in the range where the Seattle backfield is still ambiguous because we don't know who the starter is, right? Yeah. And you're you're aiming for that spot in the back end of the single digit rounds where if you want to aim for ambiguous backfields with bad offenses, just wait for Houston and take Pierce or Marlon Mack in the double digit rounds, well, which could yield similar upside when they here's find the a other starter. thing for me, right? He's going as the running back thirty six. And do you think he can outproduce the one running back thirty six? Well, I think he could. Yes. Yeah. And the and the exercise is still it's not just a one for one split between running back and running back or not split, yeah. but a comparison. It's how do you want to attack your roster building uh, right. based around who's available and that's how in draft, that range? And that's how draft should be approached. And it should be the yep. wide receiver in that range. But if it's not, I firmly believe Kenneth Walker can outperform the running back thirty six position. If Penny's not playing, he should he should be able to out just based off of volume, regardless how bad the team is. He should be able to. Ryan, what are your thoughts? It's been Hopper and I dominating like we normally do. We're sorry, buddy. What are your what are your thoughts on this? I agree with it. Not not gonna you can't you can't you can't okay. you can't okay, we'll agree you with, can't just you agree said, with everything, Ryan. No, just okay. plant a flag on something. You're either for <laughs> you're either for Walker or you're against Walker. I'm against Walker, actually. I don't I don't want like I'm just I'm with Dan on this one. I don't want to be part of any part do of this. Do you think he can outperform like the running back thirty six? Yeah, like I could see it happening. Like he'll have his blow up weeks here and there, but that's gonna be it. He's gonna be more of that frustrating hair pulling type of running back you have. Who is in that range? Ahead. Who is in that range? Who is not in that range with Michael Carter, uh, Alex Madison, Ramondre Stevenson, Ronald Jones, James Robinson, Chase Edmonds, you know, Melvin Gordon, Devin Singletary. Who isn't hair pulling in that range? Who has the most upside out of that grouping of players? It's Kenneth Walker on the off chance that he does become the guy 
and Penny gets hurt. Who has more upside in the range of Melvin Gordon, James Robinson, Chase Edmonds, Kenneth Walker? I would argue Michael that Melvin Gordon oh, Chase had more upside. Madison. And maybe Chase Edmonds. So I think Chase passes. Edmonds had more so upside. Two of eight. What's that? Huh. Two of eight? Two of eight. I just listed off eight players, and you gave me two guys that have more upside, maybe. Rojo. I mean, Madison, if you lose Cook. You think Rojo has more upside? Well, that's Rojo though, like, is not a more upside. Than no. Well, that, that's just it. Like, that, that whole Madison, Madison, if you like, lose it's, Cook, it's, it's, you don't even it's, have to lose all, Penny yeah. for Walker to have value because of his draft capital. I know, but you're still Madison, eating, you're betting on an injury. But you're still, it's the same thing with Walker. You're betting on Penny getting hurt. Are you? Otherwise, you are, are, Denver. Are you? But are you betting on from last year? But are you betting on Penny getting hurt? Getting hurt? Yes, because you need you need Walker to be able to take away the majority of the touches in that backfield. We could Do you get think that he can? Another, I mean, I he, think Penny could easily still command a fifty percent. So we care this about Denver from share. last year to me. So we care about draft capital unless it's Kenneth Walker. I don't want to take Penny either in the sixth round. I wouldn't take. I'd say I said when we started this conversation, I do not want to have either Seattle back before the tenth round. I think it's too much of a risk on a bad team for players who have yet to prove anything. Walker has the draft capital to start. He should. He's going to get work, but Penny is the starter right now, and, and it will take Penny to, you know, get hurt because he's because when he's been healthy for the small sample size that has been, he's he's been effective. Yeah, but when has he been healthy in the last four years? Again, it, 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 you're absolutely right. He could get hurt. He absolutely could. Walker could absolutely get hurt. But it still takes a penny. It still takes a penny. It still takes an injury to penny, I think, for Walker to command the majority of the touches. I think this backfield is Denver from that. I think it's a Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams split See, where nobody uh, wants I it. don't think it takes an injury to penny for a second-round pick to see the field. Then why isn't he starting right now? Because they're not playing NFL games right now. It's hard to start an NFL <laughs> game when you don't have <laughs> NFL games to start. God damn it. I know. I still, I mean, hey, Penny was effective last year down that stretch. That's going to be in the minds of Pete Carroll, who's fucking ancient. I blame Pete Carroll for this and the GM. I don't even know who the GM is. There. I blame Seattle. Like, I like Kenneth Walker as a prospect, and he had to go to fuck. Why do you have to go to fucking Seattle? Why? Of all, all right. teams to go to, why Seattle? Here's my problem. And I'm looking at what's around him. Starting at the end of the sixth round. Rashad Penny has been injury prone and he's been in the league for four years. Yes, I will admit. I hate Rashad Penny. You know I hate Rashad Penny. Well, I know. And I think you've been I still think you've been ejected with him. I think I have been. He's been good when he's been healthy. He hasn't been healthy. Devin Singletary has been very hit or miss and even inactive some weeks. Melvin Gordon, we know, is a 50-50 split on the wrong side with Javonta Williams. James Robinson's coming off an Achilles tear. With Travis Etienne there, Chase Edmonds is actually in a pretty good position um, in Miami with Raheem Mostert, and I like See, him like Raheem more Mostert than to me is not even like anything to worry about. I like him more than yeah, Walker in this tier, but then you get to Michael Carter. Okay, we can agree Carter's overshadowed by Brees Hall. Madison's yeah, yeah. only going to you're have, not taking Michael Carter. Madison's no. only going to have value if a Cook injury happens. He's going too high. And I agree with that. Who's too. to say that? The Seahawks don't take an approach with Penny like what the Cardinals took with James Conner, where you want that efficiency. You want as good as he's been, but you take load off of him. That's not what's going to happen with Cook and Madison, but there is a world where that happens with Penny and, and so, Walker. So so they so they start Penny, and then they slowly ease in Walker, which Down we don't know stretch. when that's going to happen. Ramondre's, what we do know is that despite but, injury, that Penny will start 
will probably start or we'll see more than 50% of the snaps. But you're one. playing for the whole season. Yeah. yeah. So you're saying like a 60 40 but you're split? Still t- yeah. It, 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 like to me, is why are we taking that risk? It, you know, in the eighth round when there's other more talented players, not even just, I'm not even, I don't care about running backs in that spot. Yeah, wide receiver, you're there. right. I would yeah, rather have St. Brown. I, I would at. rather have Juju. I'd rather go yeah. wide receiver in this position. But yeah. if you are going wide receiver based on roster build, or sorry, if you are going running back based on roster build, if you started wide receiver heavy, just, which I you should, <laughs> which you should not do, you should not do. But if you are going zero RB and you need running backs with upside here, it's Chase Edmonds, it's Kenneth Walker, it's Ramondre Stevenson, or the three guys you want in this tier. I'm going for one injury away, guys. Right? Because the whole basis of zero RB is Uh, you're trying to hit a grand slam. We know that Madison is a dominant 20 plus, you know, touch guy or a 20 point plus per game. I don't think we're going to get a Seattle back that goes that range. That's why it's, that's where, like he, like he, Walker could get the volume, but I just don't think that offense is going to produce a, a good enough running back to 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 to, to you want to waste that spot on it. Like I I get where he could have his his flex value, but again, if you're going zero RB or hero RB, you want to go for extreme outcome upside. You're Rashad Weiss. You're Tony Pollard. Sorry, you said you were going for Ooh. one injury away, guys, and uh, Rashad. You're, you're, first off, you're Madison. Walker does not fall in that. Walker's Walker one injury away. How is Walker he's not? One injury. He's one no, no, injury he away. He is one injury away. It, he does not have, if if all four, of the, let's say, uh, let's say Walker starting, Madison starting, um, Rashad White starting. God, fuck, even James Cook is starting. Okay, so everybody gets injured. That, that's, Everyone gets that's injured. Who's got more upside? You're not playing point. the odds on who gets injured. You're just saying everybody's fucking. <laughs> Everyone. Injured. It, this is like last year. By the way, I'm now drinking works. a cream ale. That this is my homebrew. Really this cream ale is actually called One Injury Away. <laughs> I did make a beer called One <laughs> Injury it. Away. So, God, we spend. I, I had I a feeling like, we we're going to spend this much time on this backfield. I knew like, we were going to. Like I feel like round eight is more like grenade RB right now. You know, it's, it's either going <laughs> to hit or miss. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like the true RB dead zone. It's like I don't want to want a running back. I, well, it's like I will you, actively you, avoid taking. I will actually back take running spot. backs in this range. I will. Like you're pulling the pin and hoping it doesn't go me. off. What's that, Ryan? It's like you're pulling the pin and hoping that freaking it goes. You know, like it's. A scary I want Walker to back. prove me wrong. I am. I am actively like. There's two players that I want. I want to prove me wrong the most. That's Walker and Gabe Davis. Because I actually like both players. I just really. Just don't like this year for them. I think Walker. Gets well, shit on too much for, sorry, that's sorry. That's. I think the problem with Walker is he gets shit on too much for being part of that Seattle backfield. And I think the realistic yeah, expectation that's, that's for Walker true. is that he's being drafted as a running back thirty six. And I always say this: the way that you win leagues is by getting guys that have the chance to outperform their draft position. And I would just say, in this range in general, between RB. We'll call it 31, where Rashad Penny is, and RB 42, where James Cook is. You have guys that are going to outperform their draft capital, and that that includes potentially Kenneth Walker. I can't. What I can wait is for this is for is for Penny to look good in preseason because I think he will, and for Walker's ADP to drop to double digit rounds. Then we'll have a. You should try to. 
get so if he drops Walker, some more to the Marlon Mack, Naeem Hines, Gus Edwards, JD McKissick, the true end of bench stats dart throws. We're yeah. not wasting oh, any sort of you know values. I, you know what I like right here? Tyler Algier in the eleventh. Right again, you can it go after gross. bad. You can, fine. If you want to go after, you know, bad teams with ambiguous running back backfields, Atlanta and Houston, all double-digit round plus guys. Just go yeah. after them. And save Seattle. Move on from Seattle. We Even if Walker was largely the speaking second of, most explosive player in the draft. Speaking of Seattle, you know, Chris Carson, he, uh, they, they put him as failed physical so that he'd actually get his money. No, Seattle did the right thing. They did Chris it right. Carson. Yeah. By, yeah. They did it right. I'm very glad that we get so to see one night scene about Seattle that's... on this show. <laughs> it's that they treated Carson right. I blame them so much for taking Walker. Because I hate so, it so much. One injury away, this beer is not quite ready yet. It's still on the pop. One beer away. It's, it's still on the pop. It's about another <laughs> week. Six more weeks. But <laughs> not nah, so. It's not short term IR. With this beer, what, what happened was with this beer, I use something called a Kvik yeast. Kvike. And what that is, that's a. Uh, it's an older style yeast that can be used at temperatures of the 80 to 90 degree range. So for those not familiar, um, most ale yeast sit in the 68 to 75 range. And most lager yeast down near the 50s. What Kvike yeast is, it can sit in 80 to 90 degree temps and ferment the hell out of something to lager clarity and lager crispness. That's um, that's fucking weird. So it's kind of, so it's kind of like a Kolsch yeast then. Yeah. But the problem with it is that it throws off. In this case, Lutra is not supposed to do this, but it threw off a bunch of fucking mango notes, and that takes huh. about three to four weeks to go away. And I'm at about week three. So as it heats up, it gets much closer to some of that like grainy, lager type of notes that I'd expect. Yeah, but. It's not quite that's, there yet, which is that's really I've cool though. Hitting this, but eighty yeah. to ninety degree range—that's crazy, that's dude. Nuts. This thing fermented out in three days, and it blew out on day one. I had to put a blow off tube on it because that's so that's so great. Because isn't it like a week? Isn't like a week and a half, two week process for ales, right? Sloggers is almost a month. If I'm not Lagers mistaken. takes about a month. Ales are yeah, yeah. Like week and a half, yeah. two weeks. This thing that's was fucking crazy. done in three days. Three days. <laughs> that's fucking nuts, man. We were in your uh, Jacksonville shirt that day. Yes, uh, for this one. <laughs> Wait, was that this one? I don't think. Uh, no, that was not this one. That was. That might have been the IPA that leaked out into the keyser that I had to get rid of all the way when I had the Jacksonville shirt rolled up into the deli shirt. I think that was the IPA, and that thing. I hooked a beer gun up to it to send it out for a competition, which actually went relatively okay for me. Um, and when I pulled it off, I think the poppet stuck. So I had five gallons of beer leak out into the bottom of my cooler and I had to shot back it out. Hmm. Which, Dan, no you drain see- plug? What's that? You didn't have a drain plug on your cooler? I do, but. Dan's been here. It's in my basement, and I'm not draining beer onto my basement floor. Oh, so I'll take yeah. the filter out of the shop vac and just vacuum it up. Yeah, agree. Okay, I get it. It's a converted deep freeze, so I'm not moving it out of the back deck. Uh, all right, where was I? Buccaneers. Julio Jones, one-year contract. 
Discuss. <sighs> that one guy, what the heck's his name? On Twitter, put him at like wide receiver 28, like right off the bat. Oh, I know you're talking about Luke. <laughs> Luke? Yeah, Luke, Luke Hooks. The most, the most, God. <laughs> like, he's a nice kid. Mute. Just, I mean, half, it's like half the people on Twitter around his age. So unfortunately, but yeah, uh, he's, it was wide receiver 30 right away. That I'm like, what do you project? In that Blake age range? Yeah. From a couple of years ago? So that's like four or five. <laughs> that's year two for us. That's so long. Blake's um, in his late 20s now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm pushing I don't, I don't really care about this move. I, it, it's it's he's still going to be behind Godwin and Evans. And with Godwin expected to be back potentially by week one, even if he's not 100%. Like, I think Gage is so. I, I think both of them are going to be. I think both. I think both Julio and Gage should should, should not go. Well, well, Gage might fall off completely because Julio's going to be drafted high just because of his name alone. I can't wait for him to be overdrafted and for people to get pissed off again. Oh, absolutely. But, I don't see him being any more than wide receiver four, wide receiver five there in Justin Tampa Bay alone. I think he's Antonio Brown. Right? I don't even think he's Antonio if Brown. He's healthy, if he's healthy, which I, I know people have pointed out that he has been efficient, he just hasn't been healthy. We know what Julio can do. He gets, you know, Tom Brady is the high volume passing offense, and we know that Brady can support multiple receiver or just pass catchers in this offense, not even just receivers. Um, I just don't know what Julio's role is. We don't know what the contract details is. We know it's a one year contract. That's it. six million dollars with uh, six million. To, yeah, with up to eight million. Okay, so he's got some incentive to it. He's that means he's not going to be. A veteran camp cut probably then because that's that's a lot of money to throw and you know you know just to cut them but um it just it it's it, they got too much money invested in the other three wide receivers like well they're going for it this year that's what I look it, yeah oh, they just is. lost Gronk too right so they have to look for another red zone replacement to Gronk Rudolph's not going to just completely you know give them that but I think this is a a partially Gronk and a partially AB replacement. I think Julio will play some sort of third receiver outside role. You keep Godwin inside. It's just where does Gage fit into this too? If we're expecting I, I Gage, it's, Gage. it's just I expect Gage more than over. Well, Gage over primarily Julio. plays inside, doesn't he? I thought he primarily played inside. I should probably pull that up. That's I think he played talking. outside. But uh, here we go. Because I was looking at their contracts, and like uh, Evans has a thirty-one million dollar dead cap. Godwin has a forty million dollar dead cap, and uh, Gage has a fifteen million dollar dead cap right now. If they were to try to cut him today, I don't expect any four of them to get cut. I no, think, I'm just well, saying like you're, yeah. you're going to get to, you know they're going to those. I think those three are going to pay be playing more because of what they're being paid. You're we're going to see a lot of four receiver sets, maybe right? Maybe Kyle so. Rudolph barely plays, and it's going to be you know Lenny or White or Vaughn, and then it's going to be four wide receivers. Maybe I'll Mike Evans. He'll play some inline. Maybe we'll see Mike Evans play some inline tight end. All of oh a sudden, God. this is not what this is not want to play. Can't run Braith's position. I do not want to argue. We're not fuck the tight ends there. <laughs> God damn it, no. <laughs> but sure, we can I get think, back to that twenty minute Kenneth Walker discussion. Uh, was that twenty? <laughs> oh minute, that felt like an hour. It felt so long. Combined with that and, I, I and Michael Thomas. That one. Yeah, well, if you contributed to the conversation, you wouldn't feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's like, "We just let me talk." God, 
I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to earn my medals here. You know, I'm trying to move jump up. You can in. tell us to shut the fuck up and talk, Ryan. Jump I give in you and talk. All right, next week. I'm not. No, next week. I don't want you guys expecting it now. I didn't pay any attention to any of that. I was drinking beer and scrolling Facebook. So, by the way, (laughs) disco break. Dan. Yeah. Fucking Eagle McMahon. I know. Dude, three months. Three months. Three months after a fucking dislocated shoulder, comes back, throws no forehands, throws left hand backhands. On shots, he would need to throw four hands on. And goes and blow for blow with the greatest goes, golfer of all time. And beats the field. <laughs> Ryan just left. <laughs> and beats, <laughs> beats the field by 15-plus strokes. Beats the women's field by 50. It was him and Paul. I watched the highlights of that final round. It was oh incredible. They were blow for blow. And just away from everyone else, and it's Eagle with one wing against Paul, and Eagle Dude, pulled it out. You get Paul who gets, he gets, he he gets the, he's the other guy to the you know to the greatest disc golf shot of all time. Yeah, this time last year it will be this time last year in two weeks when we're up at Ledgestone, and, and now he's the other guy to the greatest performance of all time, to one of the greatest comebacks. Yeah, you've seen one in of the disc greatest golf. comebacks in history. Oh my god! And Paul's the other guy. And Paul just and it's like, hard to feel played, bad for he a five. Played to, beautifully. He played Dude, fantastic. And like, Eagle found a way to beat like, him. Like we didn't fuck up his, his shot on seventeen. His T shot on seventeen. He said it himself. He turned it over. It was just and here's slightly rolled wrists potentially just slightly off the it's mark. The distance. Hard straight. to feel bad for five time world champion Paul. McDonald. I will never feel bad for but, Paul in that way, but. It's just uh, it's it's incredible for Eagle, and it was it's just, like w- when I saw the news drop on Twitter because I followed him on Twitter. I cried. I was <laughs> I was just like Eagle won, and I go back and look through. I'm like he beat out Paul. Like it was like Eagle didn't it was just, literally him and Paul for the Eagle didn't round. just win. Eagle had to dominate with Paul and yeah. then outdo him, and he did it. Yeah, that was it's, not uh, a cheap win. It was incredible. It was just, it was, uh, it's another great moment. And this is why the rise of disc golf is here is because of continued moments like that. It was a fantastic final round. And the reason disc golf is not here is Nicolo Castro. I can't fuck that. God, I can't wait. It, like he is the only bad mark. Like we always talk, there's always people in sports or, or, or in these hobby professions. It's always your bad apples. It's literally one in disc golf, and it's just Nico and he Castro. happens to be from. It's Saint literally, Louis. Just, yeah. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Anyway, I feel like I didn't miss anything. I like I don't know if you guys noticed. I like got up and walked away for like as soon three as we brought out, we like oh Ryan walked away. <laughs> I we heard about it for the first twenty minutes. Ryan. We pay attention. Look, to you. I don't I know if you notice the tagline. It's uh, sports, booze, and BS. It doesn't say anything about this being a fantasy football show. Yeah. Ryan, do you have hobbies? Ryan, what? Yeah, right. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot of yelling. <laughs> it's a lot of yelling the same points. If you would just fucking agree with me that Kenneth Walker was going to be a good draft pick, we wouldn't have this problem. <laughs> you knew this would bring it up. You you knew it would bring it out of me. Ryan, uh, what do you do outside of what do you do outside for, of business you know, writing? I know. Outside of writing, I do podcasting with you guys, and that's my life. No, I'm just kidding. Um. I got three kids, so I'm always doing like sports activities with them. So my son's like getting ready for football right now. So we saw the pictures with them in uniform. He That's sings cool. in oh, yeah. Chevelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yes. When Ryan's not podcasting, he know it's kids. I'm on tour. He's on tour with Chevelle. <laughs> I'm their backup singer in case. You know, you never know. Ryan's a stand-in for any uh, butt rock bands that may need a lead singer, guitarist, or bassist. <laughs> I can lip sync any song. You can lip sync anything. I love it. No, like I golf, but I haven't golfed like in since like February. Ryan, when we ever meet up in person, we're gonna play some disc golf. We'll go play regular golf. I got, I know opera's. I want to go play. We're gonna meet up in Canton two years from now because we'll do. We'll alternate, and we're gonna go play that disc golf course again. Ah. We have that fucking ninety degree. We're not having a booth though. As much as I love Bob Lon, I'm not paying booth. No, we'll just we'll just go get a hotel and hang out, and uh, we're gonna have that fucking uh, disc golf course again where I had to throw that ridiculous dude 180 degree roller you know we're not playing that fucking course again i hate i I hate holes that do that i hate holes that do that i got two years of prep get ready i found out like across street my neighborhood there's actually like a disc golf like basket i like i'm like like, what the heck is that i've seen random disc golf a basket not like that seen personally Ryan, is that you? You sound great. You sound fantastic. Lip sync. Do it now. He doesn't know the song, you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> he just tells what he's doing. Scars. Jars. Oh, is it jars? I thought it was scars. Whoops. Nah, jars. <laughs> You're close. Do you know the song? Not this one that well. We can both become the same pawn that's made to fall Oil that tastes like blood stole the summer set from me to you Nobody's still listening. All right. <laughs> You're my backup backup singer now. God, you play Chevelle. This is what's going to tank our show now. Nobody's still listening. <laughs> Nobody's still listening. We're Nobody. down to zero. An Nobody's hour here. and 30 minutes. We just played Chevelle. We're getting copyright claimed. <laughs> That was a long time too. They're gonna Malcolm be like, Brown, Fuck, really? Saints signed Malcolm Brown to a one-year contract. Dude, Mark Ingram dead now. You know it's, Malcolm Brown is the, he is. the killer of backfields. It's a real interesting who fills in Travin Camara. We'll see. Another thing that's taking way too fucking long for the lead to resolve. Uh, Sterling right, no Shepard to the pup. Who? Sterling Shepard. Shepard. Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, is avoiding the pop, but the San Francisco 49ers have had a conversation with him, and they are moving forward with Trey Lance as the starter. Officially. Bad idea. Ooh, shocking. Uh, God, who saw that coming? He'll be starting. I, had my, I the... had my doubts. Yeah, he'll be starting it for the 49ers soon. No, he's going to get traded Man. for two second-round picks and a... <laughs> to the Giants? And a fake uh, Twitter post. <laughs> To the Twenty-four Giants. and twenty-five, second-round pick. I should have known. Like, I, like I didn't look at any details when I saw the thing come out. But when I saw what the details was, I was like, "Well, this should have been obvious." It was two second-round picks for him. No one's given a day to uh, maybe round three. Got maybe at best one second-round pick in two years. Maybe next. Wasn't that what San Francisco gave up for him? Was two second-round picks? They gave up pick thirty-three. It was one second-round pick. So it was a it was a two oh one I believe in that year, but he was young. He had no. I mean, I mean, he he looked great in New England for the small sample size games that he played. Yeah, but right now he's you know four years older. 
we've seen you know plenty of him. He's also battled injuries throughout his time in San Francisco. And uh, I don't think anyone's you know pounding the table saying that you know Garoppolo is the reason why they've made it to a Super Bowl and two NFC Championship games. But he'll probably fetch more than what the Browns got for Baker. I just don't think. I think they want him on the team to start the year. I just don't think they will. I think I think some team will go out there and trade for him, whether they lose a starter or a team like Seattle when they want to try to be competitive. It's Carolina. Okay, I, dude, Car- 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 the Browns when Watson gets a year. It's, <laughs> that's that's what I'm really waiting that's for. That's kind of what I'm waiting for, too, but I don't know what draft capital they have. But, yeah, the Browns when Watson gets a <laughs> year. True. Um, Browns don't have any draft capital left, do they? I think they're like out to like 2032. I think for, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think so. Um, the Giants actually would have made a lot of sense. Even that does that, that does like the team itself makes that does make a little sense, a little bit right? of insurance there. If uh, yeah, I agree. Daniel Jones doesn't happen, so it's a good. I mean, that a solid draft outside of the Wando Robinson pick. Yeah, I don't know, know who else makes any sense there. Absent an injury, though, too late in the process. Yeah, but I I don't think he's on a team to start the season. I don't either. Trey Lance, a um, couple things to expect that transition, though. One, um, it does bump down the running backs a little bit because anytime you see a big rushing quarterback um, end up with a starter spot, it does hurt the running backs' touchdown upside. And for guys like Debo, you know, it does hurt some of that run out of the backfield type of scenario because of what Trey Lance is. But. Those are minor skews to the fact that you do have more arm talent coming in, and we'll see what that can can be. For Trey Lance as an individual, the floor is what Jalen Hurts is, and the ceiling is much, much higher. I mean, it's just we've seen bad quarterback play be almost negated by just the rushing upside until we get leagues that want to give out you know similar point totals to rushing yards and passing yards, you know, Rushing is keen for quarterbacks, especially especially in single QB leagues where you're eyeing for more upside than just some floor. I mean, I think Lance is going in the eighth, sixth, seventh, eighth round, right? And in, in single QB leagues, and he's my target. As Hurst was last year, as Prescott was a few years back. Like, this is why we always, you know, I prompt you guys to not reach for quarterbacks in single QB leagues is because you can always, there's always a quarterback, not Lance and Justin Fields, right? There's, there's, there's two quarterbacks this year. They're not going to post up gaudy passing stats, but we don't care about that when their rushing production is carrying them to a, you know, a bottom QB one performance with potential upside. If, if, if their passing numbers are actually, you know, decent. Ryan, you don't like Lance. So, you want no, to spill I, some hot? You want to spill some cold water on me? I, I how I don't like Lance. Oh my god, I do not like him at all. He cannot read a defense. He's very flat-footed. He can't move as well as people think. He's great for fantasy, but in real life, he's not going to. I don't see him lasting long. You think that? Uh, you think the Niners made a huge mistake when they passed him up? When they passed up Mac Jones for him? Yeah. Well, I think they spent too much just to go get Trey Lance in the first place. That's fair. You know, if they would have just stayed where they were, they could have got someone else. They could have got Mac Jones or Justin Fields. You know, it's 
Yeah, he's got. Where the, were they picking from? Was it originally? Nine? Let me look it up. I was more looking up Pete Lawler because I wanted to see how comparable I look like him, and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's truly a part of the show. Just like <laughs> drops her rain, drops her. Right, we're going back to Chevelle, guys. We're not. I'm like, I can't. Fuck I'm your like, fantasy just, takes. This is a this is a fantasy football yeah. podcast, Dan. Me looking like me looking like Lee Singer Chevelle is like saying Trey Lance is a good quarterback. <laughs> but that he's got a good upside, but he's you know that he could end up bottoming out like Deshaun Geyser. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. The hair's pretty the hair's kind of close. I'm trying I mean, to I'm trying to find a picture of who Ryan like like he definitely who's, who's gives off new, like he definitely gives off butt like butt rock lead center vibes. Jacoby you know, he needs Jacoby's. I think. I mean, slightly bigger in the face. Jacoby's a little more buff, maybe. Um, Ryan's got the hair I for mean, sure. Like Ryan's got twenty good years hair. ago. Jacoby. Should. I do have good hair. That's my fair. Hair, my hair. My hair is not going anywhere. Yeah, no. you do have. Good well, hair. especially when you use that much. You know, gel on it. it ain't fucking moving. I don't even use that much. I use like a very little amount. Ooh, Ben from Breaking Benjamin. Ben Brunley. Yeah, he he's got a Ben. It's kind of been in the face. I know. I I know Ryan knows who Breaking Benjamin is. It's oh like, yeah. You think you look like I? I get more Ben vibes than I do Lee Singer from Chevelle. It, well, it's a cross kind between of. Ben Brudley and Lee Singer for Chevelle. It's a more okay. Ben face, but the hair is more Chevelle. Yeah, because Ben always wore his hair short. If I'm not yeah, mistaken, he, he he's did. always more ben short is, with no with no. Ben was also it. a douche until he got off a of cocaine. That's. <laughs> that's most but that's, that's most but rockwick centers. So Ryan, I hope you <laughs> were, off, I hope you're off cocaine. Yeah. Oh, I am. We I'm love you, Ryan. It. It's that's that's why we try to compare you to to Radio Rock, you know, lead centers. Let me see. It's because of the goatee too. Like you, like you uh, give. I'm shaving it off. I just want you to. Uh, hey, I just want you. I found a better one. Who? Uh. Chris Caraba from uh oh uh dashboard dashboard yes but if only I could grow a beard God if only have no you should be like no fuck dashboard I I know you guys may like I do not like dashboard you don't like dashboard I don't like dashboard I don't why I I you know I just never got into because they oh yeah the hair for sure see yeah this is what I'm talking about like right there you're more yeah it's more of a Ben and him I. I get it, but you got to actually, you know, grow a beard. I can't. This is as far as I, it goes. You know, actually, our buddy, it's said, actually here. I just, it just, I just, our old like co-host said the same thing and now he rocks a beard. So I just, I, I tried growing it during COVID and it really started. Itching, Wait, so I just shaved uh, it right Hold off. on. Who rocks a beard? Nick is now, I think Nick, I think, I think he still does. I haven't seen Nick with a beard. Yeah. It's, 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 it, it's very patchy. I rock a beard. You both rock beards. Dan's grows a lot faster than mine does. This is months of work. <laughs> mine, uh, <laughs> but it yeah. does get there. I can get Amish. Mine doesn't grow long and grows out. It's like my hair because it doesn't grow long and grows out into colics and it just looks fucking gross. I want you guys, by the way, I want you to know that my plan for the show was just news and we are uh, on tuesday of this week (laughs) (laughs) you don't gotta go any further oh no i think we fit all the height i I don't need to go any further huh 
Patriots. Steelers signed Jeremy McNichols to a one-year contract. That's I forgot. Yes. What is dead may never die. And you know what? I, and I thought to myself, who was the backup there that he has to be? And is he better than them? Yes. He's better so than Benny, Benny Snell, Snell. Anthony, McFarlane. Anthony McFarlane. Oh, my God. You <laughs> Just when I thought I was out. <laughs> He's on your dynasty team still, isn't he? I think I think I I may have dropped him everywhere at this point. I think there might be some leagues he lingered around because he was so, you know semi relevant last year with with the Titans until he got you know replaced by you know by Don or Kansas uh, Foreman. But um, he might be one injury away. One injury away. <laughs> he is your he, he's your one week ready, uh, Creebell, and he's free. <laughs> And he's completely free. Uh, Derrick Henry not playing any preseason games. Traylon Burks, uh, nice job in the conditioning test. Uh, Corey Clement signed by Baltimore. Corey Clement signed by Baltimore. Yes, with uh, with uh, we haven't brought up both Gus or Gus Edwards, Edwards and J.K. And... Dobbins on the pup. So. Yeah, lot to unpack there. Derrick Henry not playing preseason games. I would actually be more concerned about that than I think a lot of people are going to be, but. That's a first-round draft pick right now that is already saying, we're going to sit out the preseason, and it's a bigger body on a foot injury, which is traditionally hard to come back with. People are not concerned enough about Derrick Henry. I'm glad he's not playing in the pre. There's He, he, he doesn't need to be at this point. I'm and I, I've, I've been concerned. You and I have. We've been we're, concerned. We're, I'm concerned. We're locked, and Ryan, we're all lockstep that, first off, he's going way too high in redraft leagues and – as Hopper just mentioned, it he he's a big back with a foot injury. I, I don't want him to play at all in the offseason. Don't play him till week one. I put him on my seven. He was one of my seven players to avoid, and he was made my first round person to and avoid. You're gonna have to play it easy with him, and that's why he's an avoid. He's not an avoid because I don't think he'll finish as an RB one if he when he gets healthy. He's an avoid because you're drafting him as a top three pick. He has to basically be what he was. In that 2,000 yard season a couple of years ago, because he doesn't catch passes. Yeah, and the Titans' offense got worse. And like, you lose AJ Brown, your scoring offense is going to go down. And Tannehill isn't that elite. He just had that one elite he efficient, had a really season. efficient season. Yeah, yeah. It's not it, that it's, it's he had anything elite going on. He was just super efficient. Yeah, and it's not that I think that you know that Henry's bad as as Hopper mentioned is he shouldn't be going in the first round. He should be going where Nick Chubb is. Yeah. Like he should be going where he's a high volume grinder runner, back runner. who doesn't catch yeah. passes. Yep. On an offense that maybe bottom in the you know, maybe bottom half in the league in scoring. Yep. Well, that's exactly Nick Chubb. Yeah. So give me Nick Chubb cheaper, in other words. Um for Traylon Burks, I think that him passing his conditioning test is a good thing. And having yeah. positive signs out there, I think that you can spin that to be, you know, the coaches don't want to throw him under the bus. But it just goes to show that, you know, that offseason conditioning shit that people are into. We've seen it twice now with Fournette and Burks is kind of, they're non-stories, really. I think there were people concerned because of the Hill, of the, of the Nick Hill here corollary to it, too, right? You have... You know, first round pick who's bigger in size had questions about his his conditioning and his mentals, and and people would just want to make the comparisons because athletically they're comparable. 
And I, you're right. So you can get in the kill area at a slight discount, I guess. I still want Robert Woods, though. Chris Ballard said T.Y. Hilton is still in the mix to resign with the team. I think that if T.Y. Hilton resigns anywhere, it will be the Colts. But I mean, they they didn't want Julio Jones at all, who was rumored to pinch, you know to potentially yeah. go to Andy too. So if he resigns anywhere, it will be the Colts. But right now, it's I mean, it's Alec Pierce and Paris Campbell in that role. I'm interested to see what Baltimore does when they with all the what the freed up money when they reconstructed Marlon Marlon Humphrey's contract freed up seven million. Mm-hmm. You know, we have Lamar Jackson who's not signed yet, but, you know, a lot of people, including myself, still think they need a veteran receiver to pair up with Bateman in that back, you know, in that receiving core. So I thought Julio wasn't playing. I'm glad it wasn't Julio, but, um, you know, Will Fuller, I'm still seeing names being thrown around too. So I'm watching for that. Danny Amendola retired after 13 seasons in the NFL, and props to you if you didn't realize that Danny Amendola had not already retired, but good career. UDFA out of Texas Tech, uh, Cowboys practice squad, Sam Bradford's favorite target, and then disappears on the Rams. Five-year deal with the Patriots becomes a a very good receiving option there, uh, becoming playoff Danny, and then Dolphins, Lions, Texans. Some good seasons there. So, um, overall, 6,000 career receiving yards, 617 receptions across 163 games, 13 playoff games for the Patriots. So, good career for Amendola, especially the Patriots. Didn't know he was still in the league, but happy trails. Yep. Enjoy your your retirement, sir. Enjoy your retirement. A lot of people we say that to around this time. But Justin Ross placed on IR ending his season. See, I wonder what was more like behind that story because like he went undrafted and then like wasn't Kansas City like one or of like two, three teams that like only wanted to like look at him and signed him? Yeah. Yeah, that dude, I feel bad he for him. He went a second foot surgery this summer and then yeah. went on the pop. Oh. He'll be the guy that uh he'll be the talent that one of those was. what ifs because he was a Debbie darling that yeah. you know year one with Lawrence when he blew up he's people gonna, were talking about him as a Debbie wide receiver one like he's the, he was a Debbie first rounder we'll see. yeah he was the wide receiver one after that you know after that rookie season not rookie but after his freshman season when they when him and Lawrence blew up together um yeah it's just super unfortunate this is why we want these athletes to be able to get some money in college. Here, I thought this was going to be a short show. <laughs> well, you you had to bring up Walker and Penny, and and we had to go, you know, thirty minutes about Michael Thomas, and, and you guys had to talk about Saints disc receiving golf. core. Well, disc golf is important, so yeah, it's a sports. You'll show. learn that, Ryan. It's a if sports you show, not just a football show. It yeah. says it in the yeah. title. <laughs> and we spent you know fifteen minutes talking about who the fuck you look like. <laughs> now that was fun. <laughs> uh, Jesus. There is a scenario in which fifth-round pick Tyler Algier becomes the Falcons' starting running back this season. So this is worth paying attention to. It's obvious. This is, this is true. It's obvious to us. And remember, this is the lesson we were taught. That's true. Is it what's obvious to us is not necessarily obvious to the listener. So if you're listening casually, hit an hour and 51 minutes <laughs> in. Uh, it's already gone. Disc golf and they're going out of the third what, uh, butthole rocks. Baller's episode. Ryan looks like. Uh, 
Tyler Algier absolutely is somebody in the double-digit rounds you can pick up that could be a lead back. It's entirely possible that wide receiving core in Atlanta that Patterson is used more outside, and then the only person that Algier has to beat out is Damian Williams. Damian Williams. But she should. It's very, very easily perceivable that Tyler Algier is a starting running back here. And you don't and have to draft either of them in the single-digit rounds. You do not. Ooh. In pre-draft, Tyler Algier Call was back. the uh, – I want to say he was right there with Rashad White, Tyler Beatty for me. And You like rookie them. Rankings we both like them. He's got a, he's got a good profile. Like he's, a, he's a big between-the-tackles back, can operate a lot like Michael Turner did in his offense, I think. And he actually had a pass-catching profile up there in Boise. He's just yes. – him getting a fifth-round pick – Soured a lot of people, but again, he landed in a good spot though. Ambiguous backfield, and you don't have to spend a lot to get him. So he's, and I don't really love him for dynasty, but I do like him this year in redrafts. Yeah. I'm glad to see you two agree on something finally. So I was like, <laughs> if we're going to do another 20 minutes on this, oh my God. <laughs> no. no. Uh, all right. You want another 20 minutes on something? Raheem Mostert, play for practice. Okay. Next topic. Bears signed Michael Schofield, formerly of the Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> no? All right. Here's the next one. We can really battle about this. Uh, Kyle Rudolph will inherit the bulk of Ron, Rob Gronkowski's role in the Bucks offense. So now we're at Rudolph versus Bray versus Lawton. I'll take Rudolph. I'll take Bray. Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm the guy still on the Cameron Bray tears. He's cheaper. You will never leave. I, I, don't think, I, I would be mad at you if you I don't think Rudolph, after not you know being what? productive convince for the last me. four seasons, has been very, very good. You want me to convince you? Okay. The answer yeah, is none of them. Yes. Correct answer. That's the answer. Nope. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Hold on. But again, at least you don't got to pay any sort of any value. Any actual cost what do we know about me? What we know about me is that you never is that give up on your you favorite guys. Tell me to do something. I can spin. Why would you tell him to prove it to you, Ryan? Why, like, can... Do you not want to get off this show in the next 40 you minutes? Listen to this show, right? Like I can spin anything out of anything. Especially Just... when he's been drinking. Give me a second. Here's... That's usually when he's at his best. It is what I meant. Well, he actually makes his best takes when he's blacked out. All right. Cameron Brait, (laughs) best comparable player is Zach Ertz. We all know what Zach Ertz has managed to do. Cameron Brait, anytime he's best comparable is Zach Ertz. Good for you, Cameron Brait. Anytime that he's been given the opportunity to do something productive, he's done it. This is a guy that, when he was a primary tight end in 2016, had 841 air yards, eight (laughs) touchdowns, 660 yards, which puts him firmly in that tight end one status. He was number four in red zone targets, number 12 in average target distance, uh, 12th in total, total touchdowns, even though he was not the primary tight end last year, 13th in unrealized air yards, which obviously can as a tight end bump you up true catch rate. Very, very good. Um, did have a few drops. I'm not, not drops so matter. Don't even, no one cares about drops. Yeah. No, I'm not too entirely concerned about that because nobody cares about drops. He started three games last season. In those three games last season, he wait for the web page to load. In those, <laughs> wait, 
away from the web page to load. God, God damn it, number. <laughs> that did not go the way that I thought it was going to go. He caught one touchdown on uh, six receptions. But Ooh, he has six receptions and three starts. That's that's great. Six... <laughs> <laughs> you're building you're building a good case here right now. That's not great. <laughs> I'm convinced. Let's go back to 2016 when Cameron Bray was a starter. <laughs> when he was relevant. Back, let's go back six years ago. Uh, yeah, six six years ago. When Cameron Bray was a starter, he had eight touchdowns um, across just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But is he the starter, though? Across ten games started. I think he can be. It, um. He's one injury away. He's one injury away. <laughs> he's one to two injuries away. We don't know he's yet. He's one injury away from playing the same role he's playing now. I, I mean, basically, this is a guy who's upside his Pat Fryer move. He's <laughs> <laughs> a back end tight end one. Touchdown if he stays healthy and gets any sort of committed starts, yes, he'll be a back end one because we see him from tight ends. You just got to stay healthy. You know what? When you compare that to Kyle Rudolph, so. But what is his ADP? Because goddamn it, he's gonna make up on his ADP. This is why you draft Cameron Bray. He's gonna really seal the draft. Get out and still the highest drafted one. You can compare that to Kyle Rudolph, though. This is a guy who did not rate top twenty in goddamn anything for tight ends last year, or the year before, or the year before. But yet the Bucks still want to play him over Cameron Bray. What does that say about Sorry, Cameron Sorry, yards Bray? per target he was up there. I don't think they do. I think this is all smokescreen. It's the throw defense is off. Cameron Braid's the guy. You should draft Cameron Braid. If you don't, you have nobody to blame but your <laughs> fucking self. I'm doing it in every redraft league I play. <coughs> yes, yeah. please. But you ready for that? I'm going to do it. And God, I don't think we play any redraft leagues together anymore. Aww. Uh, Brent's relaunching his, but I don't know who he got to fill it out. So if We'll convince him. Well, we have if, to have at least one. So we, if, if he so still can... needs people, I will... Get you in because all that is is drive out to Greenview and drink a lot of beer together and draft a football team. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you had me at drink. So, <laughs> for those wondering how close we are ending the show, we are on the twenty fifth of <laughs> Ryan. Ryan's like uh, me, please. I gotta go, guys. Let's... I gotta go to work. I gotta be. I gotta get up for work in five hours. Uh, I, I need to, uh, we're too good. Five you, hours. You can leave whenever, but James three a.m. You gotta be up. Your time. Oh, that's right. You're Eastern yeah. time. James Robinson, not uh, he's on the pop. <laughs> Matthew Stafford on a pitch count during training camp, even though there's nothing wrong with his elbow. Kid Otten, fourth round pick for the Bucks, four year yeah. contract. He's starting there. Is there any actual news that's left worth talking about that we haven't talked about? I, I, I think don't that... know. I didn't prep for the show, Dan. I'm only three <laughs> days in. I don't... Uh, Jameson I Williams, NFI, John Mechie. Oh, yeah, here we go. Oh, leukemia? Leukemia. We can not, end on this note. No, Well, we're not going to, but John Mechie, leukemia, um, not playing in 2022. Sad note for Mechie. Um, this is a guy that I think a lot of us expected to be able to to flash opposite Brandon Cooks and you know show that he could take over as a wide receiver one. Uh, the good news is, is that it is a very curable form from what I've seen. So 
Um, hopefully next year he can jump back right back into the fray. But you know, John Mechie out for this year, which is not something you can predict. Totally unexpected. We wish him all the best. Jaguar signed Kyle Slaughter. <laughs> Deep cut. Ex-Viking. Hey, I'm to the 23rd. We only have... We've, we've only got to go back to the 21st. We're getting there. We're out of training Jesus camp. Christ. This is why Cliff I should notes. prep for these shows. Uh, Jeff- Van Jefferson, 100% healthy. 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 He's going to help on my dynasty team. Luis Perez, formerly of the USFL, signed by the Rams. He'll compete with Matt Stafford for a starting job. (laughs) Now I'm just lying. JT Barrett hired as an offensive assistant by the Lions. Get on the Lions, giving some people an opportunity. I totally forgot about that. I have no idea what that's going to mean yet. But he has connections, so... Maybe that's getting C.J. Stroud next year. Situational committee at backfield for the Raiders. Do you believe Josh McDaniels when he says situational committee? Yes. Zeus is going to be playing. proof. (laughs) Situations are situational, and Zamir White will not be part of that. Yes, he will be. You will see. We're not having this conversation. You're right. Zamir White is playing the Sonny Michelle role. In the Patriots' backfield, where he averages three yards a carry and ends up on the bench because of knee injuries for four years. Nah, he'll be good. He'll be the Damian Harris. Nah, he'll bro, he'll, Harris. he'll be good. He'll be good. Damian Harris is Damian Harris. Tep, he's not backing up. He accidentally so. somehow ended up on a Hawaiian George order page on Amazon. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, Kylan Hill on the pop. Sad day. Am I done yet? Jesus Christ. Yes, we're finally at the 22nd. We are done with this episode. Yay. That's a lot. You know what? Just fuck it. Where the hell did my mouse pointer go? There it is. (laughs) Add. Add hot BFF. Sorry, at Beerfield Hop, at Beerfield Theory, at Ryan Miner, FFB, FFBaseOff.com. Thank you for tuning in. There is no fucking way anybody is listening to this point in the episode. <laughs> Besides <laughs> us. Who, who, who has to? <laughs>